you know, I just couldn't give it up. I wasn't making money, you know, but I was enjoying it so much that it didn't matter about the money because I had made plenty of money and was miserable. Mm-hmm. So I said, this is what I need to be doing. So as I kept doing it, you know, opportunities kept coming, resources kept coming. So I kind of learned things the hard way, but it they were valuable lessons and taught me, you know, patience for one, because, you know, a young person, you know, I think I was like 25 or something. And, you know, you want it right then, you know, I'm in business, right. I want money right now, you know, I want big fat bank account, but that wasn't happening, but I was still feeling fulfilled. Dr. Wendy Labat, you're an award-winning entrepreneur, business strategist, speaker, two-time best-selling author. Three-time. Three-time best-selling. Come on. About to be four if everybody buys my book coming up. So say four-time because we're going to make this one a a bestseller. (laughs) Absolutely. Four-time best-selling author. Much, much more. Thank you again for your time. I really appreciate it. I love to go back with my shows. Like, where did you grow up? What was childhood like for you? Well, for me, I grew up in Chicago and it was pretty good. You know, I mean, I didn't have the perfect life, but, you know, my mom and dad separated when I was like 10, but my mom, you know, raised us and, you know, we still had a relationship with my dad, but, you know, he was in New York and we were in Chicago and, but she always taught us that we can be whoever we want to be, just be the best. You know, she always taught us that you know, people are going to talk about you, but give them something to talk about. So she never, you know, we had, she helped build our self-esteem, especially as, you know, young girls, you, you know, back then it was old school and, you know, not that women were staying at home. I was a little beyond that phase, but, you know, she, you know, just motivate us to do whatever we want. You know, I wanted to be a medical doctor. And even though I'm a doctor, I'm not a medical doctor, but still I strive toward that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, you know, work, we learn responsibility, how to manage money. And, you know, she taught us all that. So we were fortunate, you know, coming up. Oh, that's awesome. And she was definitely probably the motivation for you to become an entrepreneur then in the long run. Well, not really, because okay. she was old school. And, oh, you know, okay. matter of fact, when I started my business, you know, her back then, that generation was about go to college, get a good job, work 30 mm. years, retire, and you'll be set. Yeah. But, you know, by the time I came up and got to that point, it wasn't about that. You know, I went to college. I didn't get accepted to medical school, but I went to graduate school and I started out, you know, working on my MBA in healthcare administration. Yeah. And when I was in school, it was, you know, teaching us that hospitals, because they were nonprofit. But by the time I got my degree, hospitals were for profit. They were advertising. It's like, that's not what I learned. You know? right. So uh, she didn't really teach us that. I just, the spirit kind of led me that uh, to the entrepreneurial um, journey. I had a cousin that, you know, was an entrepreneur older, you know, he was my mom's age, but every Christmas he would, you know, get up one of those little Polaroid cameras. I don't know if you are old enough to remember oh, that. Oh, yeah, totally. And um, he would, you know, we he would rent a little spot at the local Walgreens, and we would go out there. He had a guy that would sign up for, you know, to rep, you know, be a, well, suit up as Santa Claus. Okay. So he would say, okay, you, you're going to be my helper. It's like, okay, I'm going to be your helper. So I used to be out there saying, okay, you know, we got um, Santa Claus, pictures with Santa Claus, and 
you know, come on over, get pictures with Santa Claus and dollar fifty with them, dollar and a half without. And it was okay. so funny because that's what he would tell me to say. And people would say, How much with them? I said, dollar fifty. He said, How much without them? A dollar and a half. He said, They said, Okay, I want it with them, you know, like they didn't really realize the difference. <laughs> right. It was the same price, you know. Totally. And you know, I just learned from there. And then he had gotten, you know, back when Martin Luther King had done the I had a dream speech. Yeah. Uh, I have a dream speech. He ordered these bumper stickers and we were selling them, you know, and that's how I really got my entrepreneurial, you know, I guess, background from yeah. him because he was back then it was called hustling. But the bottom line, it was he was an entrepreneur. Sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then when I went to college, I, you know, used to do hair and I used to type term papers and do all kind of little things to make extra money. Okay. Uh, and then, I mean, like you opened this office equipment store over 37 years ago, no experience, limited financial resources, and then you end up doing tax preparation service and you adding that in insurance products as well. I mean, you've seen a lot of ups and downs through businesses and and not obviously, uh, not no business is is ever perfect, but what was it that drove you to be successful in those businesses and how did you deal with those failures that came along the way? Well, it was, um, it, I'm going to say I'm a spiritual person. It was the mm. spirit because I never thought about going into business. But when right. I started that company, the spirit, you know, kind of guided me to the opportunity because I worked for another company that was a small um, business. It was entrepreneur, I mean, office equipment company, but they were bankrupt. That they, they couldn't meet payroll. <laughs> so oh, it's like, wow. well, you know, I can't, I need my money, you know, so. Yep. One of the guys there said, look, if you guys come with me, I'll meet this payroll and then we'll start our own company. So I said, okay, cool. But then he ended up, you know, having issues with his wife. And I had just come from, you know, I just moved from Italy to Georgia. And like I said, I was new to the area. I didn't know anybody. And I'm like, I can't go to Florida. I don't know anybody in Florida. And I, you know, said, well, look, I started gathering all the client information, the vendor information. And I talked to my dad and said, look, we got this opportunity, you know, to start our own thing. So he was, you know, he agreed and, you know, we've kind of partnered up for that, but, you know, he wasn't a businessman. He was a teacher. And then, you know, we had different ideals. So I, you know, had to venture out on my own, like I said, with no money, <laughs> no experience, but I had like, uh, I've been getting out, you know, networking. I made some sales, but, you know, I just couldn't give it up. I wasn't making money, you know, but I was enjoying it so much that it didn't matter about the money because I had made plenty of money and was miserable. Mm -hmm. So I said, this is what I need to be doing. So as I kept doing it, you know, opportunities kept coming, resources kept coming. So I kind of learned things the hard way, but they were valuable lessons and taught me, you know, patience for one, because, you know, a young person, you know, I think I was like 25 or something. And you know, you want it right then, you know, I'm in business, right. I want money right now, you know, I want big fat bank account, but that wasn't happening, but I was still feeling fulfilled. Um, but, you know, eventually I learned, I got a good mentor that really guided me along the way and kind of, you know, pulled me in some circles, but you know, I learned how to work my own circles because my sure. mentor wasn't pulling me in like, you know, he could ever should have, I thought as a mentor, but I ended up you know, saying, hey, if you're not going to get me in there, I'll get in myself. You know, you open up yep. the door else I'll you know, break it down myself. And that's right. what I ended up doing and it ended up working out pretty good. 
Come on. I'm still that's here awesome. all these years later. <laughs> Man, that's so amazing. I love that. You know, and then as I was doing research on you in 2017, you got diagnosed with breast cancer, uh, having multiple surgeries, CAT scans, MRIs, ultrasounds, you know, mammograms, much more. I, I can't imagine getting that news. My mom actually had breast cancer as well. And, and you're such a warrior. And financially, though, going through that, that is not cheap at all. Um, I'm so glad that you've been able to conquer that, though. That's amazing. But mentally, how do you get through that news? And how do you go through all that, you know, get processed through the mentally? And you talk about Holy Spirit, and, and I'm a believer as well. And, I, and, I, and that's probably where that is. But I'd love to hear your take on just the mental aspect of that. Well, it was, um, I guess when I, you know, I had been, you know, doing my annual mammograms and then it got to where I was doing, doing them every six months because they kept seeing calcification, but you know, spirit had calmness in me. So I was like, okay, everything's cool. But this one particular time, the radiologist said, look, you know, we need to do a biopsy. So I'm like, okay, you know, whatever it is, as soon as he said that, I said, if it is something, we're going to nip it in the bud. If it's not anything, praise the Lord. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. they did the biopsy and about, and she said the results will be back in three days. So three days later, I called the radiology department and they told me I had to get the results from the ordering physician, which was a new gynecologist for me. I, you know, my first time really going to her. So I called her office and said, look, you know, the radiologist department said that you all have my results and I need to get them. So the receptionist said, well, okay, you need to make a, uh, an appointment. I said, well, okay, make, let's make an appointment. And then she put me on hold. And then the office manager got on the line and said, well, she doesn't make appointments to discuss results. I was like, what? I said, well, how am I going to get my results? Right, <laughs> she yeah. said, you know, well, you can come by and pick them up. I said, okay, I'm, I'm on my way. Have them ready. I'll be there in five minutes. So I go to the office, pick up my results. And they hand me this sealed envelope and I take it, I go out to my car, open it up and I see carcinoma, which I know means cancer, you know? So I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, but I was more pissed, excuse my language, because here I got cancer and they won't even give me the time of day to tell me I have it. You know, I had to figure it out for myself or read read it for myself. And then I was like, Lord, what do I do from here? You know, because... I'm ready to deal with this, but where, what's the next step? So I had a friend and a client who was a conqueror, breast cancer conqueror. So I called her and then she gave me her oncologist number and I called them, but because I had switched insurances, they didn't cover their, my insurance didn't cover them. So they told me to, you know, hold on. I'm going to make a few calls. Well, first they told me, send the results. I sent the results over. And then they said, you know, I'm going to make a few calls and I'll call you right back. And sure enough, they called me right back and gave me the number to, uh, you know, uh, Emory uh, Winship Cancer Institute, which is, you know, a big one here in Atlanta and said, the lady's waiting on your call. So sure enough, I called and the lady was waiting on my call. She scheduled an appointment with an oncologist like for three days later. And I was like, okay, Lord, but I was still steaming from this daggone doctor. And I guess that's what kind of helped me deal with the news. Yeah. But I called my husband and told him, and you know, I was calm because when I saw it, I had a sense of peace come over me. So I wasn't even frightened. I was like, okay, Lord, you know, guide my steps and, you know, light the way. And he did. And like I said, the fact that I had that sense of peace, I knew it wasn't a death sentence. So I knew whatever I was going to deal with, it wasn't going to be easy, but I knew I was going to still be around. So 
and you know my family they were good and supportive and they were kind of waiting to see how I handled it to see how they were going to handle it and you know I was positive because I'm a positive person and I knew this was just you know another journey that I'd have to go through I hadn't been through one quite as difficult but you know hey you know it only makes you stronger (laughs) absolutely absolutely I wanted to touch base and kind of shift transitions here to you, your global streaming show that's going to be dropping soon. It's the Financial Cures with Dr. Wendy. It's going to be airing here very soon. Uh, this sounds amazing. What can folks expect out of this show? Well, it's awesome. I mean, we did our filming. What, I think we filmed the first season last week we finished. And okay. I was surprised. You know, this is new to me. But we're talking about the first uh, episode is called Faith, Focus, and Financial Health. And it talks about how your faith, you know, a lot of people say they have faith and, you know, they want all this, you know, money and success and all that, but they don't do anything, you know. Mm -hmm. So my guest is my pastor. And I've been, you know, a member of the church for 10 years and it's awesome. You know, they don't, you know, nickel and dime you. But anyway, he talked about, you know, your faith, you know, without works is dead. So you have your faith, but you got to focus, which means you have to have discipline, which means you have to, you know, take action to optimize your financial health. So it was just him, really good, really good episode, just Mm -hmm. talking about how all that comes into play. And then the next episode is, is your financial health properly protected? You know, that's my story. I was properly protected. So, you know, we have a gentleman who's a CEO of a company that provides that kind of coverage, you know, not only for, um, you know, proper protection, but also as, you know, a source of income because a lot of people need that multiple stream of income or additional stream and they don't have it. And this is the way to kind of help people protect themselves and, you know, be rewarded with, money so right. um and then the third episode was about um did you get your money prescription filled and mm. it was about grants and the benefits of having a nonprofit. and the the guest uh speaker was an you know she's an expert in matter of fact she did my nonprofit, the 501c3 because that's a whole different thing that you know, I paid her to do it instead of trying to myself, but she writes grants, gets millions of dollars in grants for her clients and just showing you, you know, that you don't always, you don't want to, you know, count only on grants, but you don't want to leave that money on the table either. So right. you know, talked about the differences between the 501c3. Now the next episode, am I going too far? No, you're good. Oh, no, okay. I love it. Yeah. Bring it on. Um, is entitled uh, do you need occupational therapy and this was a gentleman that has a a, a, a training and an employment agency so with all the new you know infrastructure that's about to take place you know people need to be retrained and you know get into the new mode with you know covid everything's changing and people need to adjust to that so his company provides those kind of services um, and then the next one was credit called, <laughs> okay. uh, what is your credit diagnosis? And that's a big one because everybody has issues or needs to understand how the credit system works. Totally. And this guy is an expert. He's, I don't think he's ever had less than an 830. I said, have you ever had less than an 850 credit score, which is the highest? He said, I've had you know, 837. It's like, oh, who be do you know? <laughs> But he talks about, I mean, it's really informative, talks about, 
you know, it's kind of the history of how credit, you know, came into play and, you know, the different factors that you can do to help boost your credit and what affects your credit. So that was really good. And the final episode is, are you sowing seeds into the lives of others to reap a great harvest? And I sit on the board of uh, this uh, organization is Zion Hill Community Development Corporation, and we provide uh, housing for the homeless. And the executive director was there talking about, you know, what she does in the organization and the project that we're about to launch, which is like a twenty-four million dollar project. But she's so she's so good. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's how we wrapped it up. So okay. it kind of you know went from you know the faith to the you know helping and all in between. So it's pretty good. I love it. That's awesome. And, you know, being a Christian and Christ follower myself, sometimes money can be a tricky topic when it comes to faith. You, know, How much does that faith play into your finances? And, and would be interested to hear, you know, that pastor's perspective. And, and obviously don't reveal too much because people need to go watch the show. But how does that, how does your, your faith play into your finances at all? Well, you can't, you have to make faith the priority, you know, yeah. finances or money can't be the priority. That's just the end result of you having the faith and yeah. taking the action. Because if you make money the priority, you know, you may get the money, but it's not going to last. And it's really, you know, you, you're not going to get the happiness, the whole package that goes with it. Yep. So um, faith is very important because like I said, faith is, you know, the key you got to have faith but you have to take action you have to know that god has a plan for you and that it's going to happen whether you see it or not and i think martin luther king says um you got to be willing or faith is you know taking the first step without seeing the whole staircase or something like that so yeah. that's the kind of thing you know take the step and you know, have to see it was at the top of the staircase just keep moving and you'll get there eventually I love it. Absolutely. And you've got another book coming out that it's the part of the financial cures book series there. And it's called optimize your financial health. It's going to yeah, be dropping very can, soon. Congratulations. Can you see that? Yeah, this is, and it looks similar to the other book, just a right. different color, different, you know, cause it's a series sort of like the, you know, dummies for whatever, like PC, yeah. uh, you know, for dummies, it's the same kind of philosophy, but it'll be dropping and it's just more, you know, in depth about, you know, optimizing your financial health and so far. And then, you know, I was surprised because my guests on the show, you know, they all have a copy and yeah. they, matter of fact, few of them referenced it and how, especially my pastor and uh, the credit uh, expert, you know, were yeah. just re referencing, you know, how my techniques and the things I was talking about in the book, you know, are just confirmation that I'm talking about the right thing. So right. I felt really good to get there you know, affirmations and, you know, about it. So I'm excited. Uh, I am too. I, I mean, I read the first one here or this one here, diagnose mm. your financial health. I think I highlighted every page in here. It's so good. There's so much good <laughs> stuff in there. Uh, definitely some good tips for me to, to make some, you know, tweaks on our finances as well. And, and kind of speaking of that, a, a scenario question, I've got a friend who has a hundred thousand dollars sitting in their account right now. It's, it was an inheritance you know, what is the smartest thing for them to do with that money to optimize that? Well, the smartest thing is to protect them and their family 
with what's what I call as an index universal life. And what that is, it's um, it's an insurance policy, but it has three buckets of benefits. It has the traditional death benefit. It has a living benefit in case you get sick with heart attack, stroke, or cancer. You can um, you know, withdraw up to 90% of the face value or the death benefit. And then it has uh, a cash, not a cash accumulation, a market uh, that's indexed to the market. So you can overfund it. And whatever the market does, it has indexing is having a ceiling and a floor. So let's say the ceiling is 12% and the market does 15%. You're only going to get paid that 12%, but it has a floor. And most of the products that I write people, it has a quarter of a percent uh, floor and some of them have zero, but I do the quarter of a percent. So if the market crashes, you're still going to get a quarter of a percent on your, you know, investment and where everybody else in the market, it crashes like it did, you know, in this dot com and the real estate and mortgage industries, you know, then those folks. They have to come up from the basement, but when you've got that floor, you're coming up. When the market picks back up, you're coming back up. So gotcha. I usually write uh, my clients with, and I would suggest your friend get an index universal life policy for him and his family, and then a companion term policy with living benefits. Because like I said, the living benefits allows you to take 90% of that death benefit and still have, leave 10%, but that way, you can overfund your IUL, not touch it in case something happens. And in case something does happen, you can pull from that term policy um, because term, you know, it doesn't have cash value that's going to build like the IUL. And next thing you know, you know, when the kids, I don't know how old the kids are, but if they get to be college age, they'll have money to go to college. And if they want to get married, they'll have you know, especially the girls pay for this expensive wedding, right, you know, right. yeah. buy a house or whatever. And we call that the million dollar baby program because, you know, you start, the younger you start, the less expensive the insurance is, which means you can put more into the overfunding for the growth. So that's what I suggest because it's a win-win. There's a no risk and, you know, you got a good return because, you know, bank accounts are paying what point two percent interest like and, yeah. you know you don't want to <laughs> let it sit there but then you know the market is doing good but it's fluctuating so you don't want to take the risk of any kind of loss so right. you know that way um you know that's what i suggest okay oh that's amazing that's amazing for sure this has been such an awesome call dr wendy what is the best place for folks or where is the best place for folks to connect and follow you Okay, well, a couple places, of course, my website, uh, thefinancialcures.com that has, you know, matter of fact, we're adding with all the stuff that we're doing, you know, that's going to be like our big umbrella um, with all the information about the books, the podcast, you know, whatever the classes and everything that we offer, um, but also have a Financial Cures Facebook group which I, you know, provide daily inspiration and information. So I've got, you know, a pretty good group and, you know, people, and I also post in other groups, but, you know, people appreciate just getting that daily inspiration to get their day started. Yeah. And then I'm on Instagram, you know, dr.wendy.labat, L-A-B-A-T. I'm on LinkedIn, Dr. Wendy Labat. Um, so any of those it would on. be a good way. Oh, Dr. Wendy, this is such an amazing call. Thank you so much for sharing your insights and your tips and 
definitely I'm taking notes and, and I'm going to be reviewing this multiple times to make sure I get on the right track there. Thank you again for your time. Such an honor to have you on. I really appreciate it. But thank you for having me. I thoroughly enjoyed it. What's going on? Thank you so much for watching the show. I really appreciate it. Hey, I just wanted to do a quick introduction. If you've not seen my show or you don't know the services that I offer, I wanted to drop them to you right now. One, I do voiceover work. So if you're looking for a voiceover person to cover your motivational videos or maybe it's Kickstarter videos or whatever it is, let me know. I'm more than happy to help you out there. I also work with brands on brand and product videos. So they'll send me their products to do reviews or box openings. Let me know. I'd love to work with you on your product as well and hope you get that product out there. I also love to be able to share my story. So if I can make an impact on one person at your next speaking engagement, let me know. I love to talk about my story. I love to talk about how our past does not define our future and morning routines and being consistent, how to be around those successful people that are just gonna lift you up. Let's chat about having me speak at your next event. Let's make it happen. Again, thank you so much for checking out this show. Check out ericgallonmedia.com. Really appreciate your time. Have an awesome day.